Thank you for sharing such a powerful song and doing it in such a, a wonderful way. Thank you. We have Children's Church. We have folks back there to take the kids downstairs. So any of you kids who'd like to go, head to the back of the sanctuary, and they'll take you downstairs and have a good hour with you. Am I going to preach an hour? Maybe 30 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence here. And this season of the year, we focus on the reality of your coming into this world that we might have life. And as we look at your word today, we pray that you will speak to our hearts. We know your word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And it can pierce to the very core of our being. And so we ask that you will do your work in each of our hearts here today. You have brought us here by your spirit. And Lord, we believe this is a divine appointment. Uh, we may not even think that we really wanted to be here today in some cases, but you wanted us here. And thank you for each one who's made the effort to come. And we now open our minds and hearts to you. And we know that you are going to speak to us and Lord, may we let you change us and make us what you want us to be. Bless our children and those who will also share the word of life with them and give them a great time together. And we commit this time to you in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, for a few moments, we're going to Focus on verses 17 to 20, the wonder of wonders. And really that's what Gary sang about and the words of that song, so powerful, about what was happening as Jesus was born. The great I Am had come in human flesh and he came for a reason. He came so that you might have life personally, so that I could have life. He came for us, for every single person. Look at Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read beginning at verse 8 and read through verse 20 just to give you the context of those verses we're going to focus on. Look at verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Just 17 days from now will be Christmas Day. And there's a lot of activity, isn't there? A lot of family stuff going on, preparations made, presents being bought. There's all kinds of hustle and bustle of the season. And in the midst of all of this, it's easy for us to just kind of miss how amazing, how truly wonderful it is that Jesus came. What happened then? What happened at that first Christmas? Why are we still celebrating this more than 2,000 years approximately later? Why are we still celebrating this? Now, I know there are those who miss the meaning of this season entirely, but there's still a large core of Christians around the world. This is still the heart of their year, and it's all about what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born, what it meant what it still means. It is the wonder of wonders. And we see what happened here with these shepherds and Mary, how they reacted to the news that God brought to them about what had just happened, what it meant. We see how they reacted, and we can learn from their example. We ought to be doing the things that they did that day. Let's look and see how they reacted to it. Verse 17 We need to proclaim what happened. We need to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Notice it says in verse 17, Now when they had seen him, meaning the angel, meaning the shepherds, the shepherds who had gone to Bethlehem, after they got this message from the angel, they went to see this thing that they'd been told about, and they found Mary and Joseph. They saw the baby, Jesus. And it says, When they had seen him, They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Luke tells us here, these shepherds, they spread the word. They didn't keep it to themselves. They told other people. They they made it widely known. Now, understand how amazing it is that this news came first to these shepherds. W.A. Criswell wrote, In that day, shepherds generally came from the base elements of society. They were so little trusted that a shepherd's testimony would not be accepted in a courtroom. Most shepherds were considered on a par with gypsies, vagrants, and con men. Add to that the fact that shepherds were on the lowest rung of the economic ladder and had little or no formal education. It is entirely possible that these shepherds who heard the angels singing were illiterate and yet this is who God broadcast the news of the birth of his son to the shepherds it didn't first go to the the courts of the of the kings now there were some there were some wise men some magi that were making their way and 
the news would eventually get there. But on the night that Jesus was born, the news was brought to these shepherds. Very common people. Poor people. Simple people. This is not how we would have done it. If we were going to make the story up, we wouldn't make it up this way. You wouldn't have the news of the birth of Jesus first coming to the shepherds. You'd never do that. One of the great things of Scripture uh, and about its reliability and its truthfulness is the fact that if someone was going to make up what we have in Scripture, they'd never make it up this way. It would never enter into the mind of man. But you see, this is how God did it. Because Jesus came for all people. And I think God wanted it to be known from the very beginning that Jesus was coming for every person by the news going first to these very lowly and simple people. And so no matter who we are or what our situation in life is or what our past has been or what our present may be, the good news of Jesus' coming is for you. It's for me. There's hope. There's forgiveness. There's life in Jesus Christ. This story is all the more remarkable because of who this news first came to. And then they went to Bethlehem and they discovered the Savior of the world. Again, not the way we would do this if we were going to make the story up. Where'd they find him? They found him in a, in a barn, basically, in a stable. They found him laying in a feeding trough. This is how God came. Jesus said that he had come to be a servant. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. He came for every person to take our sin in his own body and die in our place. He came and humbled himself, even to the point of death, the death of the cross. That's what the scripture tells us. And so on that first night, with his very birth, it revealed the humility with which he came. He was humbling himself. God became a man. Just that fact that God took on flesh was humiliation for God, right? Fully God, fully man in the same person. This is the good news, the gospel. That Jesus came for us to be the Savior of the world. And the angel told them, there is born to you, verse 11, this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So this is what they told people. They told them that they had seen him. They knew this meant this is the Messiah. This is the chosen one from God. And I'm sure they repeated what the angel said, that this is the Savior who has come for you. He is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah who had been prophesied in the Old Testament. God has intervened. He's come into this world. And that's still the good news. And as long as there are people on this earth, that will always be the good news, and it needs to be proclaimed. We've just kicked off the... Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Lottie Moon was a missionary in the 1800s and over into the early 1900s in China. 
gave her life literally, eventually starved herself to death trying to help the, the Chinese people and sharing the gospel with them. She believed that this gospel needed to be taken to all people because that's who Jesus came for, not just for people in America or in the West. Jesus wasn't even born in the West, was he? He was born in the Middle East. He came for every person on the face of the earth. And just like those angels went, the angel went and told the shepherds, and then the shepherds went and they told widely. They made widely known what they had seen and heard. That's what we are called to do. As Christians, we are called to say what Peter said when he was told not to speak the name of Jesus anymore. You remember that, Peter, just after the resurrection, after the ascension? Peter, who had denied Jesus, who was terrified to even be associated with Jesus just a few weeks earlier, Peter boldly proclaimed, just like the shepherds did, he proclaimed who Jesus is and what he had done. And the religious leaders of Israel, they threatened him. They said, you're going to have to quit talking about Jesus. Don't speak his name anymore. And what did Peter say? We cannot help but speak the things that we have seen and heard. You go ahead and do what you have to do to us. But we cannot help but speak the things we have seen and heard. The shepherds, that first night, they made widely known what they had seen and heard. There's those same words. Seen and heard. Seen and heard. What has God done in your life? If you're a Christian, you know you've been forgiven of your sin. You have, you have perfect hope of eternal life because Jesus lives in you. He's given you peace. He's given you strength. He lives within you. We are called to take that news of what we have seen and heard, what Jesus has done for us, what he's done for every person. We're to take that and share it with the world. That's what evangelism is. Who were the first evangelists? These shepherds. First evangelists. They took the news. They made it widely known. We are called to tell the good news. And that is something we should learn from these shepherds. Now, do you have to be highly educated to do that? The shepherds weren't. Do you have to be, you know, a great speaker, a well-spoken person? I'm sure the shepherds were not. God can use every person to tell the good news. Just let people know what Jesus has done for you and what he'll do for them. That's what these shepherds did. And then we need to stand amazed at the good news. I think if we're amazed at the good news, we'll be more likely to tell it to other people. If it doesn't become so familiar to us that it's just like old hat, it should never become that way for us. We should never get over what Jesus did for us. We should never get over it. We should never get to the point where it is just commonplace. It is so uncommon. It is a wonder that God even came into this world in the person of Jesus Christ. It says that 
Verse 18, and all those who heard it marveled. They marveled. They were amazed at the things which were told them by the shepherds. They were amazed at it. We should still be amazed. The story itself, of course, sounded incredible, what the shepherds were telling people. The part about the angelic choir in the middle of the night, not to mention finding the Son of God in a feeding trough in a little village called Bethlehem. That was the story, though. That's what happened. And what Jesus did in coming into this world still reverberates today. It is for every person for all time, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there are two kinds of amazement. There is temporary fascination. You hear something, it's shocking to you, you think about it a little bit, and then it's gone. You know, the next day you're just on to something else. That's not the word that is used here. What is used here is a kind of awe, a kind of wonder and amazement that comes from seeing that God is at work. And the work of God was right in front of them when Jesus was born. He had come into this world. And the work of God is before us today. He is at work in your life. You wouldn't be here if God was not at work. Because he put it in your heart to come here today. Now, maybe that somebody else urged you to come. But, you see, God has a way of speaking to us through other people. God is doing a work in your life today. What is, it he, what is he doing? I hope you're in awe of what God is doing in your life and around you. Because if we'll look for it, he is at work. He wants to save people, wants to forgive people. He wants to give hope to people. He wants to give people a reason to live, a purpose for life. He'll do that. We should stand in awe of what God did and what he is doing. Because he's not finished yet. He's not finished with you or with me. Christmas is, as one person called it, a holy wonder. How can it be that God should become a man? How can a king be born in a feeding trough? How could the world ignore his coming? And what sort of God comes into the world like this? The true God. The only God. Because no one else would have ever thought of such a way to come. So if you've ever wondered, well, how can we know this is real? How can we know this is true? You couldn't make it up if you tried. Nobody could. Nobody would. This is how God came. Because he wanted us to see who he is and that he came for all people. He didn't come for the high and mighty. He did come for them. He didn't just come for the high and mighty. He came for every person. And so he came in the most humble, the most lowly way possible. To live a sinless life and to become the sacrifice to pay for your sin and for mine. And then we should treasure this good news. Look at what it says about Mary. What a ride Mary had been on here. I mean, she carried Jesus, gave birth to Jesus. That had already been an incredible experience for her. 
She knew it was a miracle. She, of all people, knew it was a miracle because she was a virgin and she conceived by the Spirit of God, the power of God, and she gave birth. And all through that time leading up to the birth, as we've mentioned before, imagine her humiliation. Imagine what everybody thought about her, what they said to her, what they said behind her back. She had done nothing wrong. God was at work, though. And she was willing to say, I'm your servant, Lord. Whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll do it. Let it be to me according to your word. And now, having given birth and seeing the shepherds come, God was at work to bring people to Jesus even on that first night. What does it say? But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The word pondered is a word that means treasured up. She stored them up in her heart. She treasured these things. Pondered means to go deeper than just wondering, just being in awe about it. She was trying to go beyond that to what's happening here. What's God doing? We need to ponder what God is doing in our lives. Be willing to go below the surface of your life. See what God is doing in your heart, in your family, what he wants for you. Listen to what God is doing. Ponder it. Because the powerful God who came into this world in Bethlehem He wants to live in your life. He wants to direct your life. He wants to control your life. And he will if you'll allow him to. No doubt Mary went back to what happened to Zacharias and Elizabeth, the birth of John the Baptist. She had all these things in her mind. And then she would continue to do that all the way to Calvary. All the things as Jesus grew up, his ministry, Mary, who was there, of course, and gave birth to him, she would also be there when he died, standing at the foot of the cross. She treasured all these things and kept them in her heart. I hope you ponder all the ways that God has been at work in your life. What's brought you to this moment? Let God speak to you. And then in verse 20, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They worshiped. They worshiped God. We should be worshiping the Savior who came. Don't forget to do that at at Christmas. Christmas is, is is such a wonderful, it can be such a wonderful time. It should be. But the heart of Christmas is Christ, right? And I'm so glad that it seems to be that we're kind of moving back. We can say, people seem to be saying Merry Christmas again. You know, there for a while it was like it disappeared, at least with a lot of people. People are saying Merry Christmas again. And that's, what, that's well and good. Why? Because Christ is the heart of Christmas. And we should worship him for who he is. 
And praise God that that will always be true. Whether we, whether we worship Him or not, He is the heart of Christmas. He is the heart of what God is doing in this world. Worship the Savior who came. James Montgomery Boyce pointed out that the word glorify comes from glory, which originally meant to have an opinion, then to have a good opinion, and ultimately to estimate the true worth of something. You glorify anything when you recognize its true value. To say the shepherds glorified God means that having seen Jesus in the manger, they were overwhelmed by God's power, His grace, His goodness, His wisdom, and the amazing miracle of what was before them. And they couldn't stop talking about it. And neither should we. We shouldn't stop talking about it. And worship, when we glorify God, we are recognizing the value of what God has done and who he is we put him first we want him to be enthroned in us and want us to be able to share that with the world and notice it doesn't say they did that in the temple it would have been okay to do it in the temple they just went back to the fields. Everywhere they went, they were telling people about what they had seen, what they had heard. They worshiped as they went. We're worshiping together here this morning, but when we go out that door, we ought to keep worshiping. We ought to keep glorifying God with our lives. Everywhere we go, every day that we live. Now, the Christmas season will end in a few weeks, right? will be past Christmas. But the Christ who came, we're never past him. He'll still be here, ready to come into your life, ready to give you eternal life. And when we're past the Christmas season, I hope we'll keep worshiping the Christ of Christmas because he wants to change us and make us his children to lead us to the life that he has for us. And someday, we'll spend eternity with him. And until that day comes, we need to be like these shepherds and like Mary. We need to let others know. We need to proclaim the good news. We need to treasure it. We need to worship the Christ of Christmas. I close with the words of a of a song from a number of years ago. I've always thought these were, the words of Mary Did You Know are great, great words. And this song has great words too. It's called The Wonder of Wonders. And it expresses much the same thing that we heard in Mary Did You Know. The wonder of wonders as she looked on his face that this little boy spoke the world's into place the stars in the moon shining brightly on them the earth and the sun were created by him the wonder of wonders oh how could it be that god became flesh and was given for me the almighty came down and walked among men the wonder of wonders he died for my sin the wonder of wonders as she looked down and smiled that he was her maker as well as her child. 
He created the womb that had given him birth. He was God incarnate, come down to earth. The wonder of wonders, oh, how could it be that God became flesh and was given for me? The Almighty came down and walked among men, the wonder of wonders. He died for my sin. The wonder of wonders as she heard his small cry that this voice had thundered on Mount Sinai. The small hand she held so tenderly had made a dry path through the mighty Red Sea. The wonder of wonders, oh, how could it be that God became flesh and was given for me? The Almighty came down and walked among men. The wonder of wonders. He died for our sin. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. A day of life you've given to us. And we thank you for the eternal life you have provided. Because Jesus came. We are in awe of you and what you did then and what you're still doing today. Lord, there may be someone here today who needs to receive the Christ of Christmas. Jesus needs to come into their life. They need to be forgiven of their sin. Or if they're already a Christian, they need to rededicate their life to you and say, Lord, I want my life to count for you. I want to live for you. I want to share you. I want to glorify you every day. We want your will to be done now in these moments, Lord. You lead us. And if there are decisions we need to make, we pray that you'll lay it on our hearts to do it and help us to be willing to step out and be obedient to you. Help us to do now what we'll be glad we did when we stand before you someday. And we'll give you the praise for how you work and move among us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.